Howdy, this is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today it is Friday, February 16th, 2024. And I wish you a very, very, very happy Do a Grouch a Favor Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. This is the first preview episode of a game in which Chris Holtman is not the head coach of the Ohio State University Buckeyes. I have gotten a lot of good feedback, which I am always appreciative of, over the past few days and a bunch of new listeners. So, if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. This is a very special club. This is the only Ohio State men's basketball exclusive podcast covering the Buckeyes year-round. So, welcome. As we get going here, just do something that's free. It doesn't hurt you at all. And there's a couple things. Number one, make sure you are following wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or elsewhere. I don't take any of your info. I don't have access to it. Even if I did, I wouldn't know what to do with it. But it simply has the show there for you should you be interested in listening more. Also, make sure you're finding us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at the Shop Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us on YouTube as well, where there will be more content, especially during the offseason. And I would also remind you, if you missed it, I did release an emergency pod, the first of its kind for the Views from the Shop podcast, on Wednesday after the news that Ohio State would be parting ways with head coach Chris Holman. Give that a listen. It's basically an evergreen podcast at this point. You don't have to listen to it even this weekend. It will be relevant really through the end of the season until we hear of any legitimate candidates for the head coaching role at Ohio State. So you can listen to that, an instant reaction, a bunch of implications of what the move means for the program. So make sure you're there. Okay, a lot of housekeeping, but we've got to talk about Ohio State taking on Purdue. Now, heading into the season, when Ohio State got its Big Ten schedule released, which happened, I think, sometime around the April time frame or something like that, you look at the schedule that Ohio State was dealing with, and you saw, hmm, certainly could be worse. Purdue, you only get them once, and you get them at home. Michigan State, you only get them once. Those were the two teams that were basically consensus in that top tier of the Big Ten. And looking at this game, you said, okay, this is going to be the end of a very, very difficult stretch. But if Ohio State can pick up a couple of wins, this game against Purdue on a Sunday afternoon on CBS, the the media, the TV markets love having Ohio State basketball on Sunday afternoon because they know the Buckeye fan base will flock to watch this game. And this is why you see Ohio State playing at home on CBS to close out the year. Once the NFL season is over, that's where Ohio State basketball begins to get some more looks from the national media. Now, heading into this game, into the season, you said, get a couple wins. This is going to be a big game for Ohio State. Boy, is it not really that way anymore. Ohio State's going to take on the number two team in the nation. Ohio State, of course, just has let go of its head coach. They've got Jake Diebler leading the team, moving forward to close out this season. 
and Purdue is really good, as it turns out. So on this show, we're going to cover Purdue. We're going to take a look at their resume, take a look at what they've done so far this season. We're going to take a look at the biggest storylines, predictions, keys to the game, banger bets, watch list, which I do have something for you as odd of a game that this will be. Make sure that you're sticking around for that as well. This is going to be a packed show. A lot of good content, so appreciate you being here. Oh, last thing as well. Like the tweet that that is is tweeting out the links to the episode on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. I try to remember as well just to give you the tweet deck. Uh, not the tweet deck. Yikes, that's not even relevant anymore. Um, to give you the link tree link so that wherever you listen to the show, you can get it very easily. Like that tweet as well. Come out early Friday morning. So make sure you're there liking it so that more people can see it and tell a friend about the show. I had, I don't remember the name. I apologize. I had someone reach out, I think this week or last, who said, hey, my friend told me about the show. I've been listening. Great content. Love it. These are things that we love to see on the Views from the Shop podcast. So appreciate that. And again, once this season is over, we're going to have a bunch of news to cover, but we get into more mailbag episodes. You can ask questions that are much more broad about Ohio State basketball or college basketball in general, or that are completely irrelevant to college basketball. I don't care. It's a mailbag. Let's have fun. Okay, Purdue, Purdue, and Purdue. Well, if you watched, if you stayed up to watch Purdue take on Minnesota last night, you saw potentially some vulnerability from the Purdue Boilermakers taking on Minnesota at home and trailing by, I think, five at the half. Purdue was eventually able to fend off Minnesota. And because of that, the Boilermakers are riding a nine-game winning streak. Right now, ranked second in the net, second in Ken Palm as of this morning when I checked. And they lead the NCAA with nine quad one wins. That's the most in the NCAA. November, of course, was so long ago. And the means the, the wins mean far less now than they did a few months ago. But over a stretch in November, Purdue beat Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Marquette in back-to-back-to-back games. They also picked up wins over Alabama, joined the club, Ohio State's already been there, done that, and Arizona in December. Now, here they are at, are they 13-2 and in Big Ten play now? Let me make sure I have an accurate number here. They're either 13-2 and or 12-2. and uh, Yeah, 12-2. and Apologies there. They are 12-2. and in the Big Ten with their win over Minnesota. Two losses overall, and they're well on their way to a number one overall seed. For all intents and purposes, this is going to be the best team that Ohio State plays this season. It's Purdue, and it's not particularly close. So how is Purdue good? And a question that I think begs being asked at this point, why? Because, well... You've got people saying, essentially, well, Purdue is going to be a round of 32 exit. They might win one game, but when you get to the NCAA tournament and you've got maybe less um, Big Ten officials influence in that you will have none, potentially, uh, Purdue's not going to be as good because Zach Eady can't stick in the paint for three seconds, more than three seconds, because he's not going to get a bunch of fouls called on him. Well, Let's talk about Purdue as a whole and how they're different from last season. And the answer to that question, in short, is Purdue 
as good as it was last season, is far better this season. Let's run through the numbers. They've got a 122.5 offensive rating. That's better than last season. As a caveat here, all of these numbers were taken during the Minnesota game. I couldn't wait any longer. Sorry, at some point you got to put together notes for a show. And if if the Big Ten wants to schedule Purdue two games in advance of Ohio State's last game, that's fine. And if they want to schedule them to not be done until 11 freaking o'clock Eastern on Thursday night, that's fine. But a guy's got to get his podcast ready. So these numbers are pre-Minnesota, but you get the point. There's plenty of sample size at this point. So better offensive rating this season at 122.5. They're averaging 85 points per game this season. That is 12 more than they averaged last season. 49% from the field. That's a three percentage point increase from last season. And 40%, 40% from the three-point line. That's an eight percentage point increase from last season. Shall we go to offensive rebounding? 12 offensive rebounds per game. Now, obviously, that's very good. That's the same as last season. So they haven't gotten worse. 14 second chance points per game. That's plus one from last season. And 18 assists per game. Obviously elite. Plus two from last season. So just about any counting number that you take a look at and the advanced analytics, offensive rating, everything loves Purdue better this season than it did last season. Let's take a look defensively at Purdue. 100.2 defensive rating. That is the same as last season, but Purdue has been better offensively and they have run at a higher pace. So even with that defensive rating being the same, other metrics have improved. They're allowing 70 points per game this season. Last season, it was 63, but again, the net rating because of the offense being so good, has still improved by seven points for Purdue. So even with allowing more points per game, the net rating is still better. 41% of shots from the field are going in. That is the same as last season. 31% from the three-point line. That is the same. Defensive rebounding. They're averaging 29 defensive rebounds per game. That's plus three. Their block rate is about the same. It's marginally better at 10.4%. And the 8.4 steal rate is the only number that isn't essentially way better or at least the same than where they've been last season. And it is the only number by far that isn't way better than everyone else in college basketball. All of these other metrics are top tier elite. You're looking at a team that profiles very similarly to how Alabama did last season in that offensively, defensively, It doesn't really matter where you look. This team is really good. The question you may be asking, or you may not be asking it, but I'm going to answer it anyway, is why is this team better this season than last season? Well, the obvious answer I'll say for the end, but number one, Lance Jones has been a stud portal pickup for Purdue. He's great at scoring in transition. He can finish at the rim. He he can throw it down. He can dunk. He can get out and fast break and score. He's really, really effective in transition is Lance Jones. He's averaging 13 points per game, and he's producing on the defensive end as well. So Lance Jones has been a big pickup for Purdue. Have I mentioned Zach Eady yet? I don't believe so. Trust me, we'll get to him. Outside of Lance Jones, you've got both Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith who have taken steps up here in their sophomore seasons with Purdue. Lawyer's scoring numbers 
are the exact same, but his shooting metrics are much, much better for Purdue. So if you can score the same amount of points that you did a season ago, but just on less shots, that's always going to be a good thing. Braden Smith is scoring three more points per game than he did last season, and he's sixth in the nation in assists, averaging over seven assists per game, is Braden Smith. So you've got, obviously, Zach Eady, but you've got a pair of guards in the backcourt who have improved. You've got Lance Jones added to the team as well, who's been really, really good. And then you've got to look at the returning production as well. This is nearly the exact same team as last season, basically identical. The only difference is that Lance Jones has joined the team. He steps in for Brandon Newman, and Lance Jones has already been a more productive player than Brandon Newman was last season. And then, of course, you've got Zach Eady, whose numbers are off the charts, averaging a double-double. You would expect him more than expect him to get 20 and 10 in this one against Ohio State. So this Purdue team is is better than it was last season. And the reasons behind it are rather simple. Their freshmen have taken a step now as sophomores and produced and gotten better and played consistently well. Does that sound like the opposite of another team you may be very, very familiar with? Probably. But we will not cry over that right now. There's another time and day for that. Uh, we, no, not even going to go there. Okay, uh, you've also got the returning production that, that Purdue is enjoying right now as well. And, of course, you've got Zach Eady, who is insanely good at playing college basketball. And that's where I'll leave that for now. I feel like I've made my opinion on Zach Eady pretty clear. Yes, he's elite. He's an incredible college basketball player. But his touch around the rim, mm, his ability to play in the NBA... Doesn't matter when you're in college, who could give a crap less? Probably many. Uh, I don't care whatsoever what he can do in the NBA because he's in college right now. But he had the chance to go to the NBA, simply got the feedback. He wasn't ready. He wasn't good enough. So that's why he's back at Purdue. But that doesn't mean he's not a, a phenomenal, spectacular college basketball player. So let's talk about biggest storylines in this one. So we've got some pretty obvious ones here. But I'm going to go through them nonetheless and hopefully add some additional color that maybe you were thinking about, maybe not. But number one, of course, this is Ohio State's first game without Chris Holman. This is Ohio State's first game with Jake Diebler as acting head coach. So what is this team going to look like? And I think you can even begin with the starting lineup. Will Jake Diebler make any, any moves there? Will we see potentially the lineup shaken up to where, I don't know, maybe Bowen Hardman is in there? I don't know. Maybe Felix Akpara comes off the bench and Zed Key starts. Who knows? There, there's not really mm, a lot of options for Ohio State at this point. I mean, they've got they've got Bruce Thornton, they've got Roddy Gale, and they've got Jameson Battle. Those are the three. Evan Mahaffey has played well. There's not really a reason to take him off the floor, especially for a game against Purdue. But maybe you happen to see something where one of those top three players comes off the bench, and because you're playing Purdue. You want to get big. You want to be able to rebound. So maybe Devin Royal gets thrown in there with Evan Mahaffey and Felix Akpara in the front court to start. And then you've got, I don't know, Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale or Bruce Thornton and Jameson Battle. I don't know. And particularly, I wouldn't hate that rotation. Throwing out there, beginning the game with Bruce Thornton, Jameson Battle, playing the two, I guess, um, Evan Mahaffey, Devin Royal, and, and Felix Akpara. You're going to lack the ability to play make on the offensive end. But hey, this team's lacked the ability to play make all year. So why start now, right? 
not only with the starting lineup are there questions, but also with the rotation. How much playing time is a guy like Jason Chapman going to get? It's been pretty clear, at least under Chris Holtman, that he's not ready for big-time college basketball yet. And that's okay. He's a freshman. Scotty Middleton, will, see he, will he see a jump in playing time? Dale Bonner, what will his minutes look like? Maybe you see another player, again, like Bowen Hardman, that's going to get additional minutes because he's given Ohio State a spark. So that's a question that you've got there is not necessarily minutes-wise. That probably won't change that much. But what could change is when players are on the floor, different rotations, different lineups that Jake Diebler wants to throw out there. And last, in regards to Jake Diebler and decision-making, would be offensive sets. Will this team stop playing like it's wearing rain boots? Simple question for which there is no known answer right now, but it, 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 it does need to be asked at this point. Will they move off the ball? Will, instead of running floppy maybe four times a game and hoping to get a good look out of it, will you actually begin to run some real sets offensively? Now, here's the thing. Again, when you watch Ohio State play this season, pre this Purdue game, when Ohio State has a set that it wants to run, it's not generally been Chris Holtman yelling. It has been Jake Diebler stepping up. He's got that paper folded in his hands. He He's cupping his hands around his mouth and shouting out a play for Bruce Thornton and the offense to run. So with that in mind, would you expect anything to look all that different? Probably not. Now, I tweeted it out late last night, and I got a couple replies. What? Let me let me figure out what the exact question was. I said, do you expect Ohio State to look any different under Jake Diebler against Purdue? I got a couple replies spanning from nope to no. That's it. No other context other than that. So I would have to tend to agree. This offense probably isn't going to look much different, but Jake Diebler... He's got quite the audition here to, again, I don't think Ohio State's going to consider Jake Dabler to be the men's basketball coach next season, but he could remain on the roster, potentially, and if he doesn't remain on the, on the coaching staff, then he's going to have the ability to basically give a month-long interview and have an opportunity to go be a head coach at, I don't know, Miami, Ohio, or something like that. So, we have that going for Jake Diebler, at least. Now, the second biggest storyline in this one is the team's response. It was reported that Ohio State's players did not get a chance to say goodbye to head coach Chris Holman. I don't know how true that is. I know 11 Warriors reported it. I was unable to confirm or deny it with any of my people, my sources, shall we say. So... I don't know how true that is, but one thing that I know about this locker room and about this team is that Chris Holtman has always been a player's coach, and you saw people like Joey Lane, like Jimmy Sotos coming on and giving their reactions to the fact that Chris Holtman had been let go by Ohio State, and those guys were were more, more than generous with their thoughts and how they felt about Chris Holtman and their love for him. Even those two guys didn't even play regularly for Ohio State. And they were coming out saying it. How good of a guy Chris Holtman has been. And that's never been an issue. That's never been a question about Ohio State and Chris Holtman. But again, I think it is worth mentioning that if it's true that this team didn't get to say goodbye to Chris Holtman, 
How is the team going to respond to that? Are they going to go want to play for Jake Diebler? And Jake Diebler is, of course, I think another guy who's a player's coach. He's a good recruiter. He can probably rally the guys around him and around the team. D'Angelo Russell tweeted out that he was a couple emojis basically insinuating he's happy with Jake Diebler being the new assistant head interim coach, whatever you want to call it, for Ohio State with Holtman out. So Jake Diebler is well-loved by the team. But the fact that they didn't get to say goodbye to Chris Holtman, what does that mean for the team moving forward? We'll see. Third question, third storyline I've got, how will the fans respond to this? I'm going to be at the game. Really excited to be there. So congrats to me on that. Um, what's this, what, are, what is this fan base going to do when, when Jake Diebler's name is announced as Ohio State's interim head coach before the game? I'm sure they'll, they'll respond and they'll cheer. Will it be very loud? Will there be any kind of ovation for him? I would doubt it. Um, the atmosphere at the shot has been pretty muted this entire season for the past couple seasons, except for the game against Maryland, which was one of the... I, I, I love going to games. It's very fun for me, not just for Ohio State basketball, but for my other teams that I happen to enjoy. That was tied for... Mm, I've actually... You know, as it turns out, I've been to some pretty fun games in my lifetime and one very not fun game. That's a story for another time. If we ever go mailbag in the offseason, just bookmark this in the back of your head and say, hey, I should ask Tim about some of the best games he's been to and worst. So be that as it may. Um, what the heck? Why are we even there? Um, that I don't even I don't I don't know how I got there and I've got to stop doing that, but I, I I won't and I won't apologize for it either. So we'll move along. What will the fan base's response be to Jake Diebler and to this team? If Ohio State happens to rattle off losing five of six to close the year, how will the fan base respond to Jake Diebler? That's something I'm curious about as well in this team in general. And non-Jake Diebler and Chris Holtman and coaching change storylines. We can get into that. Number one, how the heck is Ohio State going to handle Zach Eady? So Zach Eady has eaten Ohio State up in his career. Uh, we'll talk about that later on in the banger bets. Uh, Ohio State likely still doesn't have the bodies to defend Zach Eady. There's not really anything different about this team this season from last season other than the addition of Evan Mahaffey kind of slotting in as the justice suing role for Ohio State. Not offensively, but just in terms of your frame, your build, defensive assignments, things like that. Last season, Ohio State even used Owen Spencer to to try to contain Zach Eady and basically went and, and fouled Zach Eady, which I was fine with. Go foul Zach Eady. He's not the greatest free throw shooter in the world. Um, what are his actual free throw percentage numbers here? Just so I make sure that I can put some color to that. Just a second here as I pull this up from College Basketball Analytics. Zach Eady from the free throw line this season is shooting 70%. So it's above average, but it's, it's nothing special. So... Zach Eady, how's Ohio State going to handle Zach Eady? And how's Ohio State going to handle the other weapons that Purdue has? Purdue is a very good team at, at moving the ball. They have seen double teams. They have seen defenses over help to Zach Eady all season long. They are not prone to the ability to still play well within their offense with that. It's expected at this point. Braden Smith, Lance Jones, Fletcher Lawyer, Mason Gillis, Trey Kaufman-Wren, Ethan Morton, who gets a fair amount of minutes as well, even Caleb First. Like, these guys 
understand what it's like to essentially play three on five and have the opportunity to move the ball and relocate and be ready to catch and shoot. They're a 40% three-point shooting team this year. That is phenomenal. So how is Ohio State going to handle Zach Eady? And how will Ohio State handle these other players? So those are my top storylines for this one. Again, the biggest storyline, and at least for, for an Ohio State fan's perspective, is what is this team going to look like? How is this team going to respond? It's all about the fact that Chris Holtman is no longer the head coach of Ohio State basketball. That's what it comes down to. So that's what I've got for biggest storylines in this one. We've got to get to some keys to the game and predictions. But first, I got to talk to you about college basketball analytics. CBBanalytics.com. You can go to CBBanalytics.com right now. And you can get access to all the greatest stats that even Ohio State uses and several other Division I college basketball programs are using to self-scout and to scout other teams throughout the season and even in the offseason. You've got access to normal counting stats, division stats, conference stats. You can have access to NCAA tournament stats. You can see draft prospects, transfer portal, and transfer history. You've got different tools where you can put together bar charts and linear regressions, team stats, player stats, graphs, and a bunch more like that, as well as seeing player profiles. So if you're curious about Purdue, and if you're curious to see, hey, who does Zach Eady most compare to when it comes to other players in college basketball? You can even see that as well on College Basketball Analytics. You can use the code SHOT short for Shot and Scene Center, spelled S-C-H-O-T-T to get an entire month free. That's shot at cbbanalytics.com. Well, keys to the game for this one for Ohio State. I've got two, and I feel like they're pretty creative given the fact that you're playing the number two team in the nation. So let's get into it, shall we? Number one. Oh boy, are we ready for a very simple one? Now, the key itself is simple, but the why behind it is not. So number one, key for Ohio State in this one is stay out of foul trouble. I know, it's not profound, it's not interesting, but it is true. Purdue is averaging 25 free throw attempts per game and a 43% free throw attempt rate. Now, of course, that's because mostly of Zach Eady, but... They've still got other players who are getting fouled at least two times per game. And by the way, that 25 free throw attempt, 25 free throw attempts per game, what is that now? Uh, free throw attempts. Let me let me find this really quickly here because I know you care. That's now 25.7, 98th percentile in all of college basketball. 43% free throw attempt rate, that's 97th percentile in college basketball. So when you're talking about where Purdue shots are coming from and the amount of free throws they're getting per game, it is elite, their ability to get to the free throw, so free throw line. Zach Eady, coming into the Minnesota game, he had drawn 211 fouls this season. That's 100 percentile in the NCAA. But Fletcher Lawyer, Trey Kaufman-Rem, and Lance Jones all are getting fouled at least two times per game. Lawyer, Kaufman-Rem, and, and Jones, all being fouled at least two times per game. Fletcher Lawyer shoots above 85% from the free throw line. Overall, free free throw shooting for Purdue, they're actually not that great. They're 72% as a team this season. But when you get to the line as much as Purdue does, 
percentages matter a little less because you're just getting more chances at the free throw line. So Purdue doesn't shoot the best from the free throw line, but they're going to get there. So if Zed Key, if Felix Akpara, if Evan Mahaffey are getting into foul trouble, it's going to be a long afternoon in the shot because you're sending Purdue to the free throw line and you have got no one to guard Zach Eady, which happened last year in at least one of the games Ohio State played against Purdue. Now, second key to the game for Ohio State, pretty simple. Capitalize on the Edie list minutes. When Zach Edie is not on the floor, the Buckeyes have got to be very, very good. And I'm be very specific about this, and I feel very passionately about this, and I'm going to pay attention to this at the game. So, Zach Edie, first of all, is ninth in the entire NCAA in net rating. And that's just his point differential between being on and off the floor. It is plus 33.7. Without Zach Eady on the floor, Purdue has a minus three net rating. And of qualifying rotations, at least on a minute basis, there is no rotation Purdue throws out there that has a positive plus minus without Eady on the floor. So Purdue literally scores less points throughout the entire season when Zach Eady is not on the floor than they do when he is on the floor in comparison to opponents. And as long as Zach Eady stays out of foul trouble, you're likely going to get 9, 10 minutes with Zach Eady off the floor. That means in those 10 minutes, you need to maximize possessions. And not only get the most out of those possessions, but I mean literally maximize possessions. I mean basically give yourself 20 seconds to get a shot up and go. Because first of all, Purdue isn't going to have the offensive rebounding capabilities without Zach Eady on the floor. So even if you're not getting the best shots up, remember, you've got Zach Eady. Outside of that, there's not a lot of offensive rebounding production coming from Purdue. Braden Smith will grab a couple, maybe. Not even over the course of a game, he won't even grab a couple. There, there's there's really Trey Kaufman, Rem. I keep saying Rem. Ren. There's, there's Mason Gillis. And outside of that, everyone else on this team is averaging less than an offensive rebound per game. So, in those 10 minutes where Zach Eady is not on the floor, go get your shots up and go crash the boards get the rebounds, score in the paint, and attack. You have got to take advantage of when the best best player in college basketball is not on the floor. I don't care if it's only nine minutes. I don't care if it's only 25% of a college basketball game. When Zach Eady is off the floor, Jake Diebler has got to be aware of it and say, go. We got to go right now. Go maximize possessions. Rebound defensively. Push the ball up the floor. Get your shots up. And try to claw back into the game when Zach Eady is not in. That is going to be of uber of, of, of uber importance for Ohio State. And I hope they attack in that one. So we'll pay attention to that. Key to the game number one for Ohio State. Stay out of trouble. Number two. Sorry. Stay out of foul trouble. And also stay out of trouble in general. Always a, a good rule of thumb. Number two. Capitalize on the Eady list minutes. Okay. Banger bets. So. I hate to say it, I really do, but this feels like an absolute do not bet under any circumstance game. Well, why? Why would that be the 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 viewpoint going to this one? Well, number one, 
Ohio State has been really bad. But with a coaching change, you really you you really never know what could happen. Talk about the storylines of will Jake Diebler change up the rotation, the starting lineup, the offense, the defense, anything like that. Substitutions. How will this team look different? We can probably safely assume that it will because, well, let's face it. If Jake Diebler doesn't want to, I don't know, lose his job as interim head coach, he probably should not do what Chris Holtman had been doing over the first 20-some games of this season. So, you would expect some changes. So, we don't know what this Ohio State team is going to look like. The other thing that makes this really weird is Purdue is on a two-day rest disadvantage. And... Not only two days, but when Ohio State played Wisconsin on Tuesday night, they've got two full days in which they were the away team, sure. Purdue was a home team on, on Thursday, but Purdue's playing late into the day on Thursday. They're not going to have a lot of extra time to get prepared for this game. So you've got the two-day rest at its advantage for Purdue, which is very abnormal this time of the year in Big Ten play, which again... Purdue may be favored by 17 and a half, but if Purdue is favored by 17 and a half and they've got a two-day rest disadvantage, how do you bake that in to how you feel about the spread, for example? I don't know. And in sports, a lot of times you'll see a team get a jolt from a coaching change. You'll see that in other sports. You don't see it as much in college basketball just because it's really rare to see a head coach get fired during the season. But a lot of times you'll see that. And until we hear from Jake Diebler and we have proof as well that we can actually trust his coach beat, not only have we not heard his coach speech, we don't know that we can trust it yet. There's nothing I'd feel comfortable about in this game. But if you are looking for some action, bet responsibly, bet such a small amount that if you don't win, it's just you shrug your shoulders and say, okay, whatever. Bet for entertainment, not for money, not for income. That is my only plea for you. If you are going to look at anything, last season, Zach Eady scored 26 points or more in two of three games against Ohio State. Zach Eady also had 11 rebounds or more in all three games against Ohio State last season. And really the only difference, of course, Zed Key is healthy now, but the only difference between Ohio State last season and this season is that they now have Evan Mahaffey. So maybe he can help contain, maybe he can help defend Zach Eady a little bit, but if Zach Eady's number is coming out at 21 and a half points, I would feel comfortable with the over. And I might even look at taking 25 plus at some plus money. A little sprinkle there. Rebounds. Again, you can look at the points and rebounds combo. You can take a look at just the rebounds. But the fact that he had 11 rebounds or more in all three games last season against Ohio State. And let's take a look at Zach Eady, just his box scores recently. Just one second here. So rebounds over the past couple games. He's been at 15, 13, 13, 15, 12, 10, 18, 14, 20. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 games. In his past 9 games, he's had at least 10 rebounds in every game. He's hit 20 once. He's hit 15 twice. And he's also hit 18. So if this number is 14 and a half, do you really feel all that worried that Zach Eady can't hit it? I'm looking at Zach Eady and, and I'm looking to pocket off his success in this one. So that's what I would say for banger bets. If you're looking at anything, we'll take a look at the lines. We'll take a look at the value and see what happens. But that's where I'll be moving most likely towards Zach Eady in this one. Not touching the spread. 
not touching the over-under, no interest in anything like that, but something that you can feel like you can control a little bit more is Zach Eady. It's just one player. There's less variables. So that's what we'll look at. Okay, prediction for this one. Uh, what the heck do you expect me to stay here? Honestly, I mean, you, you come this far to the show and you're ready for a prediction. No, I don't think Ohio State will beat Purdue. Do I think Ohio State can beat Purdue? Sure, there's probably a universe out there in which Ohio State's currently constructed team with Jake Diebler at the helm can beat Purdue. But the odds do not feel good. Purdue is going to be closer to a 20-point favorite than it is a 10-point favorite, most likely in this one. And I, I, I'm not sure how Jake Diebler can lead this team to a victory. Of course, we'll root for Ohio State to win, but the prediction is pretty simple. I think Purdue wins this game. I think if Purdue wins this game by 15 points or less, then Ohio State has a moral victory to build upon. Maybe. But good teams win. Great teams cover. If Ohio State doesn't win, that's fine. If they cover, cool. That's great. I I would not be surprised to see Purdue run it up on Ohio State and win this game by more than 20 points. There's not a lot of good matchups. We've seen progression from Braden Smith and Fred Fletcher Lawyer. We haven't seen consistent output offensively from Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Jamison Battle this year. Ohio State has really struggled to defend Zach Eady over the past couple years. So with all that in mind, yeah, I would say Purdue probably wins this game by 20 points or more. Sorry to be pessimistic, but that's where I'm at. And hopefully I come back and I'm wrong. But appreciate you listening to today's show. It's been a longer episode. It's been a packed episode. But I appreciate you being here. Again, if you've been here all the way through, please like the tweet that sent out this and notified you uh, of this episode being live. Make sure you're following and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're following on social media. And tell a friend about the show. Give us a five-star review as well, if you don't mind. A couple of those have come in over the past few weeks. I appreciate you for doing that, if that was you. If not you, then you don't get to appreciation all right it's time for me to shut up before you shut me off thanks for listening go bucks